Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. If anybody's new to the podcast, I'm Adam. I'm your parent co-host. I'm Emma, the teen co-host. And I'm Evie, the youth co-host. Hi. Hi. We are halfway through, almost halfway through, season 35, girls. Where are you at with uh, the teams, the challenges, anything that's happened so far, or what do you think will happen? Uh, Em, who do you think will float to the top three so far? Not so necessarily who you like the most, but who do you think will end up making it to the top three? So far, Steven and Ali have been a pretty strong team. Robin and Chelsea have been pretty strong, even though they're kind of rude to some other teams. And also Greg and John, I feel, have been pushing their way to the top. Evie? I think Steve and Anna Lee, and they've been, like, getting a lot of first place. I think that it would be Greg and John, too, and probably Rob and Corey. Mm. But I really hope that Morgan and Lena make it because they're, like, one of my favorite teams. Mm. So I really hope that they make it. Yeah, I think so far, uh, Rob and Corey have been strong performers. Mm-hmm. Steve and Anna Lee have been strong performers. And Greg and John, I really think they might end up floating to the top three. They so far have been consistent in coming in in the top half, if not the top three on all the uh, pit stops. Same with Robin and Chelsea. That's true. That's true. But I do think that their unwillingness to help some of the other teams, because it's still the first half of the season or the race, I guess. And I think if you turn off other teams too much, then it may hurt you in the end. I know that after, I don't know, maybe like the last quarter of the race, uh, the last few legs, it's every team for themselves. But I think up until then, you can still be somewhat friendly and somewhat helpful to each other or at least partner up on certain things. And they haven't been able to, willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it may hurt them in the end. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they make it to the top three. So we start off with episode six, and we are leaving the pink city. And Steve and Anna Lee are leaving first, and Morgan and Lena are leaving last. Now, here is where that big U-turn twist happens. And CBS has been hyping it all season. Mm -hmm. And they have to vote for another team to U-turn. It is mandatory. So in the past, there have been times where you say, I choose not to U-turn someone or whatever. But this time, every team has to vote for someone, and it is anonymous. So if your team is voted to be U-turned, then you don't know who voted for you. I guess you will once they show errors, but during the time, you don't know. So it can't create any bad blood either, which is kind of interesting. What did you guys think of that U-turn vote when they were leaving the Pink City? Well, Steve and Lee got four people or teams that U-turned them. Mm-hmm. And Robin and Chelsea got three. So it was really close, but Steven and Ali were the ones that got U-turned. They were. I like the idea of only having one person be U-turned because in the past there were like a double U-turn where two people or two teams could vote for someone and then no one else could. You could like burn the board or whatever. And that gave one team a chance to get in front of the other team that got U-turned. But with this, it's one team for themselves doing both sides of the detour. Yeah, it's just one team and it's not a double U-turn. So, And you also are not doing it in a way where you're U-turning a team that already went through just to get rid of it so you don't cause any bad blood. Everyone has to do it and you don't know who voted for you. 
So it, it definitely was a twist, um, and it was something that CBS had hyped up all season, and we're there, and now we know what happened. And of course, as Evie said, Steve and Anna Lee were the ones who you turned. So they had to do both at the detour, both activities at the detour. It was one above. Steve and Anna Lee, if they just didn't have that one one team that you turned them, then they wouldn't be you turned. Yeah, they had one mm-hmm. more vote, right? Exactly. So they go from the Pink City to a shoe store where they have to get a clue for a first challenge. And the first challenge was looking across the street with a monocle, or a monocular, sorry. And they are looking at this huge palace-type structure where there are 953 windows. That's a lot of windows. Yeah. And in the one window, there is going to be a clue, and they have to search for that window. And the clue will give them an address of where they need to go next. The palace that they're looking at has 953 windows. Do you guys remember the story of why it has so many windows? Because at the time when it was built, the, I want to say royalty of the um, oh. people who were living there wanted to be able to look so out. So the women of the castle could look out and see the parades and all the parties and stuff. Right. And so there was leave. Without having to leave. And so there were numerous windows put everywhere in every direction. But So they are there using the monocular across the street to look for the clue. The clue tells them the address. Andrea started to use the monocular backwards. She did. Yeah, that <laughs> She's was so funny. Silly. That's so funny. They are looking, they find the address, and they have to take a pink rickshaw, which is a female-owned and operated company. And they are electric. And they were electric uh, to the next place. And the next place is the spice shop. And that's where the U-turn vote is revealed. And that's where Anna Lee and Steve are going to find out that they were U-turned. But uh, prior to that, they have to go to this spot where there's a ton of rickshaws. And they have to look for this company, the pink rickshaw, and they have to make a path for their rickshaw to get out. So they go, they find their driver, and they have to take it, and they go to the spice shop. Uh, Liam and Jeremy had such bad luck with rickshaw. They did. This whole episode and this whole leg, they kept getting rickshaws that either were slow or seemed like lost a lot, which Mm -hmm. is kind of weird to me that... It's kind of like a taxi driver. It seems like you know where you're going. But it was the same one the whole time. Or just like have a map. And it seems like the driver would have some kind of like GPS system or something. (laughs) But it's a rickshaw. Like you don't have a GPS, but just a map. Well, they have phones. Even or like just like ask someone. Right. But I'm sure they have phones and you can open up Google app and just put it on like a little holder or something. Or just know where you're going. Yeah. And and so one of the things, though, that we didn't know and we had learned since then is that when you are in a rickshaw on the way to a challenge, you have to stick with that driver. You're not allowed to switch rickshaws. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So they all go to the spice shop and the U-turn is revealed. The U-turn's revealed and it's Steve and Annalie by one vote. The second place was Robin and Chelsea. Those were the only two people that even got votes for the U-turn, Those which was the surprising two teams, to right? me. Yeah, the two teams that got the votes. And so everyone, I, I probably have to believe that people were either going to vote Steve and Annalie in just because they were strong competitors and they wanted to set them back a little bit or get them out of the race just because they saw them as strong competition. 
And I kind of get the feeling that for Robin and Chelsea, it was a little bit more personal mm-hmm. um, just because they tended to be a team that was in it for themselves, I guess you would say, or less likely to, to partner or work with other teams during yeah. challenges. But Corey said that they almost voted for Greg and John. Like Corey said, like, what if we voted for Greg and John, but they ended up not voting for them? I don't think it would have changed much. Though. No, it doesn't look like it would change much. Although, I don't know, maybe because Stephen Ellie did get U-turned by one vote. So you never mm. know. One mm-hmm. vote can make a difference. So they have to do the U-turn and they are at the, I'm sorry, at the detour. And they have to do both of the activities at the detour. And the detour options are either bundles or bricks. Evie, do you remember what bundles are? It's like, these bags of flower petals and it is um, magnolia marigold sorry um and roses i think uh they are big piles of marigolds and roses and they have to put those different kinds of marigolds and roses in these huge cloth sacks and they have to carry them and take them to two different temples one of the teams said that each bag had to be like 60 pounds Oh, so there was a weight limit too. It had to be at least sixty pounds. No, so. like they were saying. Like, oh, they were guessing yeah. when they when they carried it. I gotcha. They were big and heavy, and they had to take the marigolds to one temple and then the roses to another. If somebody chose to do bricks, bricks were a uh, piling bricks on this sort of cart, and they had to take it to a construction site and deliver the bricks and stack them for the construction site. Marigolds seemed to me like. It would have taken longer, but maybe less physically intense. Bricks, to me, seemed like it would be more physically intense than Marigold. What would you have chosen, Em? I would have chosen bundles, because even though it would take longer, I feel like it would be less physically challenging. Evie, which one would you have done? I'm not entirely sure. No? Well, you have to kind of be in the situation to know which one you would choose. True. So Steve and Anna Lee, um, they had to do both. And most of the teams, I believe, chose bricks. I think a lot of the teams chose bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was evenly divided. But they had to take a rickshaw again, though, if they were in the bundles activity to the different temples. And this is where I feel like Liam and Yermi really got some bad luck. Yeah. If they did bricks, I feel like it would have been really easy for them because they're strong, young, fit. Like, they knocked out the mattress challenge, too, in a couple eggs ago. And they would have been able to escape their rickshaw. Right. They would have been able to escape if they had changed to bricks. So they chose bundles. And that rickshaw driver was really slow and very lost on getting mm-hmm. to those temples. At that point, what we have thought about since then is if they had switched detours, they would have been able to leave that rickshaw driver. But because they didn't switch, they had to stick with it. Again, we have learned that they cannot switch drivers. But if they switch detour activities, they can leave. And so if they had left, they would have done in bricks. And like you said, they're, they're younger and they're fit. They're in good shape. So I feel like they could have busted out bricks pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely made up some time back in Thailand when they had to do the mattress challenge. In the bundles detour? I, if I was there, I wanted to take the flower petals out of the bags and collapse into them because they were so pretty. Yeah, they were very colorful. 
lots of bright oranges, bright right. yellows, and like this sort of magenta looking flower. Um, and they were really pretty. You're right. Yeah. yeah lots of very colorful piles of uh, marigolds to put in and, the, and roses. And so they are at the detour. They have to take a rickshaw after they're done. They have to get the receipt after each challenge is done, detour challenge is done. And then they go to the rickshaw driver again, and they have to go to a fabric shop. Annalie and Steve, like, they got U-turns, so they had to do both sides of the detour. But they finished the bundles detour before anyone even started. That's a good point. So to, to rewind a little bit, they had to do both, and they finished their bundles detour before some people who chose bricks even got started. Um, or chose bundles even got started. So they were able to really fly through both of those challenges before some people did their one. But in um in the bundles, they forgot the receipt. Mm. They did, which is even like more amazing, Ian. though, that they were able to get stuff done um, before other people were even able to start or finish their yeah. first one. Because when they did bundles, they forgot to get the receipt. Just um, like and Joe and Ian back. forgot their right on the, on the open on the water, water market. One. Yeah, that's right. So they go have to take a rickshaw to the fabric shop, and at the fabric shop they get this huge roll of white fabric, and they take that to this room that's nearby, and they have to do some stamping, some color blocking, some block stamping or block painting, I guess you'd say. And it's the shape of a peacock, this peacock design. They dip it in ink. And they press it onto this fabric. When Morgan and Lena got there, Lena did the roadblock. And she got a lot of red on that stamper thing. And it like splashed all over. And she said, this one looks like it was murdered. And that was about, like that was just about what I was going to say. Yeah, they had a, um, that stamp was a peacock design. And they had to dip it in four different colors. And layer it. And match it up exactly perfect because each stamp had a different part of the design on it. Mm-hmm. They had to layer it, and the order of the colors uh, mattered greatly on how it looked. And she dipped hers uh, at first in the red and got a little too much red ink. And when she pulled it up, it had a bunch of splatters everywhere. <laughs> and it did look like that peacock was hunted. It looked pretty gruesome. <laughs> and um, like when she got checked, she said he didn't like my murdered theme one. They did a pretty good job, though. I think probably Rob seemed to struggle a lot. He had to go through, and they had this big, giant X stamp that they would dip in red ink and press on the peacock if it was not something that could be used. And I forgot, they had to do, was it nine? Yeah. They had to make nine successful ones. And he, each try, kept trying, but they would only take like one or two of his each try, each round that he tried. Todd said that when he came over to put the X on the ones that didn't pass and he went away, he thought that he was done and that the rest were good, but he was actually going away to stamp more ink onto his block yeah. to put more X's down. Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. That was funny. Rob had a hard time. Mm-hmm. and Greg and John got it pretty. Greg and John got it pretty quickly. They were the first ones, I think, Steve to get to finish. Stephen and Lee busted it out even though they had to do the other detour as well. And they forgot the receipt. Yeah. Right, but they got it. And once they were able to do the stamping, they did it pretty successfully. Robin and Chelsea, Robin did it pretty quickly, but it just took them like a long time to get there. Yeah. That's true. It did take them a while to get there. And you could tell as the episode 
was going that it was really coming down to Robin and Chelsea and Liam and Yermi in terms of who who might make it to the pit stop last. They both mm-hmm. had rickshaw mm-hmm. drivers that were taking a long time. And so you could tell it was really about to come down to them. Once they were done, though, with the block printing, they had to go to the pit stop. And the pit stop is in the middle of this huge traffic roundabout in India, which is super, super busy and congested. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. I thought someone was going to get hit because you had to go to the pit stop mat and in the middle of this big traffic roundabout. Yeah, and, and it Phil was, was just standing there. I know. Just yeah, like standing there without a care the in the time. world. <laughs> Because he said, like, the traffic is like that 24-7. There's no rush hour. There's no time where traffic dies down. It's constantly going. Right. Yeah, exactly. But you have to be able to block it off for shooting, though. So how does that happen? Because that's a lot of cars and a lot of scooters. Mm-hmm. He was just standing there. Yeah. Like, Without no a care but- in the world. Just yeah. having living his life. Having yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the pit stop, and the order of entry at the pit stop is... Greg and John finally got there first. They were always talking in our previous interview with them. They were talking about how they always wanted to go to New Zealand, which is Phil's home country. And that's what they wanted, a trip to New Zealand. Nice. They got their trip. They probably couldn't tell us at the time because yeah. they couldn't give away any too, too many details before the season aired. Yeah. Um, Rob and Corey got second, moved back up there. Joel and Garrett got third. Morgan and Lena got fourth. Back to their original spot. Morgan and Lena got like fourth a lot in, in the first few legs. So they're back to their original spot. Mm-hmm. Todd and Ashley got fifth, back to their original spot too. Melina and Andrea got sixth. Steven and Ali got seventh. Robin and Chelsea got eighth. And Liam and Jeremy got eliminated and I almost started crying. Yeah, they did get eliminated. And they were a team that Evie was really mm-hmm. rooting for. Uh, She really connected with them during our first interview that we had, getting Mm -hmm. to know them. But fortunately, we were able to talk to them again. We had done an exit interview with them, and they really were able to shed a lot of light onto different things and even bring up some stuff that we didn't know. They kind of spilled a little tea here. Mm -hmm. They did. Yeah. So let's listen to that, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Like many of your families, we love to travel. And in addition to our love of the amazing race, we love going to Disney World. With over 30 trips of experience under our belt, we are excited to announce that supporters of the podcast will have access to our special Disney World planning tip worksheets starting in mid-December. We've done all the homework, so you don't have to. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash the tarpit to support the podcast and start your planning. So we're here again with Liam and Yarmi, and they're back to talk about their experience this season, 35 of The Amazing Race. Boys, we really appreciated watching your cool, calm, and collective style of racing during the season, especially during high stress points. Was that an intentional decision that you made, or is it just your nature, or did you go into it with a plan like that? That was definitely our strategy coming into this. We wanted to make sure that especially with the background that we have, like I was in the Marine Corps and Liam was in the Navy. We both have our own uh, backgrounds in stressful situations and having to keep your composure, you know, whether you're doing uh, more uh, problem-solving activities like Liam was probably doing or more physically demanding high-stress activities like shooting artillery, which is what I was doing. We've both been exposed to a lot of different situations in which we had to keep our composure, and that was something that was really important and a highlight of our strategies, we wanted to make sure that whenever we got to these challenges, 
we were able to think clearly and kind of articulate our thought process on how we wanted to go through them. Um, and I feel like we did a, uh, a really good job doing that. I mean, uh, to the best of your ability when you're in, you know, situations like that where, you know, everything's going a thousand miles an hour. Um, that was something that we really wanted to do. And we were very supportive of each other as we were going through it. And I felt like uh, we did really well. Liam, what did you what did you think? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with what you were saying about that. I mean, we, we definitely did make it a point to uh, not bicker with one another and really only to support and, you know, hold each other up to a higher light. It was a big point of ours to just really, really support one another because the, the tasks and really the entirety of just being on the race is such a difficult and, you know, mentally, emotionally and physically demanding process. We're both going through this really difficult process together and we're both experiencing it differently. It is important for us to develop this kind of relationship with one another where we're just positive and supportive of one another. I mean, it would have not have benefited us to sit there and kind of baker at one another, yell at each other, you know, you ever, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that kind of thing? It was a much more beneficial for us to just, you know, hold each other up to a higher light. Yeah. And it, and it showed too. It, it was really nice to see. Uh, this is Evie, and I almost started crying when you guys got eliminated. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh well, thank thanks, you. Evie. Yeah, it was it was us. It was a sad day for us. It was, but you know, the tears that you saw us shedding up there, those were not tears of sadness. You know, those were tears of joy. Jeremy and I were, you know, extremely happy to have had the opportunity to be up there, and we went up there and we did what we could with what we had, and we had an absolute blast doing it. I mean. It was just such a great experience, and, you know, it was a bittersweet moment for us. We were, you know, excited to see what was next for us, but, you know, sad to go to leave the race. We really wanted to keep racing with one another, but we got a lot of traveling and a lot of great experiences under our belt, and we did it together. Absolutely. Which team did you guys get closest to during the race? Um, I think, I think in me and Liam's own ways, we're both really, we're both really sociable people. So when we were going through the race, I know Liam was Liam had a lot of conversation with a lot of other teams and I had a lot of conversation with a lot of other teams as well. So I think that's down to I think we have probably like a on a team aspect, Liam, uh, correct me if you if you think I'm wrong. I feel like we got closest probably to like either Joel and Garrett or Steve um, and Anna Lee. We spent a lot of time with them. Uh, during the parts of the race that we we could um, that we could actually like you know have some time to have conversations with them, but on a personal level, I think mine was probably like Andrea and Milena, especially towards the end. They became like a really big support system for us. They were really positive the whole time, and whenever we were around them, we could uh, we could always feel like how how immaculate their vibes were. Really, yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, between Todd and Ashley, Steve and Adelie, Joel and Garrett. Andrea and Milena. I mean, we had so many great interactions with great teams. Um, but, you know, the, the two teams that were we were in an alliance with, obviously, we got extremely close with them. We had a lot of time, you know, between uh, traveling to these different countries to sit down and kind of kick the can around with these teams. And we got really close with them and had, a, had an absolute blast racing with them. That's so cool. Yeah, Andrea and Milena definitely seem like a very positive fun loving team yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. they're so awesome they, they <laughs> exude the positivity <laughs> yeah. they do watching the race is so funny out of towners out of towners <laughs> <Out of> <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This is Emma, and were there any behind-the-scenes elements that were surprises to you? Yeah, I mean, me and Liam, it was a surprise to us seeing, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't that big of a surprise that Steve and Annalie were U-turned for us, but we were we were a little caught off guard because we were hoping that we had done um, kind of the, the political groundwork, uh, if that's what you want to call it, to talk with a lot of other teams and try and essentially put our alliance above uh, the, you know, uh, above the other, the other option, which was uh, Robin and Chelsea, you know, the, the kind of overarching two choices that everybody had in their head was Robin and Chelsea and Steven Annalee. And there was kind of a lot of strategic talk between the teams that, you know, you guys didn't essentially get to see that very much, but uh, that was definitely some behind the scenes that uh, kind of took us off guard. But like I said, we kind of expected it as well. They were, they were a front running team for a while. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know, I know you said in one of your uh, Q and A's how you wished that they had shown a little bit more about the kind of analytical and political aspects of why people chose to U-turn, who they chose to U-turn, and I 100% agree with that. I mean, there was so much thought that went into it behind the scenes, and I mean, really, if we had gotten to see that up there during the uh, the episodes, then it would have given us a lot of insight into you know what the teams were thinking, you know, and why they did what they did. I mean, we had a lot of great conversations and everybody was trying to woo everybody in one direction or the other. But I mean, it was really primarily between Robin and Chelsea and Steve and Adelie. Whenever we saw that Steve and Adelie had gotten U-turned and it wasn't Robin and Chelsea, it was a little bit of a surprise, but we weren't completely blindsided by it by any means. That's a good point and actually a good segue. And we're going to skip to Evie's question right now because she had a question that she came up with. What kind of thinking went into U-turning Robin and Chelsea? <laughs> I love that question. Uh, and Liam knows I love that question. So, uh, Evie, great question. And to start off answering your question, the thought process that came behind it, one, I think there was an analytical and more strategic kind of, you know, headspace that we were in when we made that decision. And I'll let Liam talk about that a little bit uh, later. But there was also an emotional side of that. Uh, of that decision that kind of spawned from the first leg of the race uh, when we were racing from the Hollywood sign down to the self-drive cars that were going to inevitably take us to the Biltmore Hotel. I had been running and I went and I found a car and I immediately started putting uh, my bags in the car. Me and Liam started loading in the car like I was physically sitting in the car. And uh, we started looking for a clue and I was looking in the car for the clue, but the clue was outside on the windshield and Robin had ran over to my car that she saw me sitting in and she saw that the clue was still on the windshield and she grabbed it and essentially told me that this is our car now. Y'all need to get out and find somewhere else. Um, so that right off the bat, that was literally I don't know, 20, 20 minutes within the first 30 minutes of the race starting, that was the vibe that we got from them. And that was also an action that they performed against our team. So going forward through the rest of the race, we kind of had it in our head that they were going to be one of the teams that we wanted to U-turn. And further on throughout the kind of, you know, the follow-on uh, episodes and, you know, the, le- the rest of the legs that we were racing in, we just got... 
we just got the vibe from them that they were more of a cutthroat race team that they mm -hmm. didn't really mm -hmm. care to help any other teams out they weren't really willing to share information um they kind of just wanted to do everything in their best interest um which i totally understand and that's a strategic way to play as well but you also have to you have to take the political climate of the entire race you know in into into your hand sometimes and that was definitely the reason that, you know, we chose them in the emotional aspect. But Liam will talk about kind of the, the strategy behind it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as soon as she kind of like, you know, yoinked that clue from our car, you ever never let that slide. Never, ever. So <laughs> I wouldn't actually, either. Uh, I know. That's right? what I'm saying. Like, that was so rude. <laughs> definitely justified by, by all means. But from the analytical standpoint, we we pretty much reviewed all the other teams and we decided that uh, Chelsea and Robin were the team that is least likely to uh, help our team in a situation where we require help. All the mm -hmm. other teams have, you know, they have shown their colors and proven to us that they would, you know, be willing to help us to some degree in these difficult situations, except Robin and Chelsea, since they've shown their true colors and they are the least likely to benefit our team. We thought that that was going to be the most beneficial for us to eliminate them from the race. And uh, that's why we decided to U-turn them. Yeah, like at the tile challenge, like a couple episodes before, Annalie was asking Chelsea if she helped her, then would Chelsea help her? And she never said anything and she just walked away. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. It's exactly, that's exactly what we're talking about right there. Yep. That's, there a, that's a great show of character. And, you know, Liam, when I just go back to think about it, there were situations when Greg and John helped the Philly Johns. Uh, when we were doing the floating market, the Philly Johns had uh, lost their clue. Uh, and John and Greg were willing to help them. Um, so, and I, I, I genuinely believe that, that if the Philly Johns had the opportunity to to help us, that they probably would um, in an event that wouldn't like completely mess up their game. Um, mm -hmm. Sure. But for a lot of the other teams, like Steve and Annalie, we shared information with them. Um, mm -hmm. They let us use. They bought a. They bought a tie. I think it was a tie. Yeah, it, it was a tie book to help explain like what thailand was going to be like when we got there and they bought it and they offered to share it with us in exchange for um really just a portion of what they paid for it so we we gave them you know if the if the book cost thirty dollars we gave them five or ten dollars and they allowed us to take as much notes as we wanted or as much information from that book that we could to help us oh that's wow. nice so, yeah, it, it was an extension of an olive branch um, in the beginning of the race for us. Mm -hmm. And then, like Liam uh, pointed out earlier, we ended up getting in a three-way alliance with Todd and Ashley and Steve and Annalie. And also, who is it? Uh, Joe and Ian. They, Liam, do you remember when we were getting our plane tickets to go to Vietnam? They stopped and told us before they left that they had gotten on a, a sooner flight than the one that yeah. we were on, and that we should try to as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember that, and I do remember also during the floating market, Joe and Ian were. Um, they were, you know, aside from them, you know, not getting their clue at one of the markets, but they were kind of pointing us, pointing us in the right direction. And showing us, you know, which way up the river was the next boat market that we had to stop at. I mean, there are so many examples of other teams that are just kind of giving and, and willing to help you. Um, you know, the little bit of money, obviously, you can't expect them to give you the cheat sheet, but they will give you a little bit of pointers and get you in the right direction. Robin and Chelsea were not one of those teams. I mean, that was just an easy, 
easy U-turn to vote for us. And and a lot of the other teams we have spoken to, we have realized that they have had similar, if not the same exact uh, experiences with that team, Robin and Chelsea. And it comes off as a viewer too, and we see that too as a viewer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. there's times where we're watching it, and we're like, oh, okay, they're they're not in it to make friends by any means. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when you guys chose the bundles detour, and now that you're able to look back at it uh, on TV and see what the bricks option was, um, do you guys think that you would have crushed the brick option like you did the mattress one back in Thailand because that was a very physical one, and you guys were younger and fit. And I feel like you could have just really knocked that out and uh, stepped ahead. Well, I think that the actual brick challenge all in all as a whole probably would have been a better detour for us. Yes, it was a physical challenge. Um, and Jeremy and I, are, we obviously both did shine relatively well at some of the previous physical challenges, what actually made us jump a few places in line from dead last. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that is a good point i think that that would have been very beneficial for us but not only that what Jeremy and i discovered in one of our previous interviews um a few days ago was actually that we had not thought about this the fact that if we had chosen the bricks option we would have been able to get out of that god forsaken rickshaw and we mm. would have to depend on it for our detour yeah. and we would have just been able to more or less take you know, the matters into our own hands with the mm-hmm. brick detour. That was something that didn't really cross our minds. But since we started reviewing, you know, our choices and decision making processes uh, after the fact, we did come across that. And, you know, that is something to toss around the old noggin. Maybe it would have been, helped a lot. It would have cut like three hours off of our time. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Speaking of. Oh, yeah. We were out there for a while <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna say something that you guys didn't really get to see was that we we were we were truly in the back of the pack i really yeah. think that when robin and chelsea had uh made it to the pit stop we were still like like an, another two hours behind them oh, or wow. like, like we got big big lost with that rickshaw yeah. she yeah. was not helping us at all she just couldn't take us to where we needed to go i mean we our gravestone was solidified in those moments <laughs> yeah absolutely speaking of rickshaws between the monocular challenge and the u-turn am- announcement you guys went from second to last to last and do you think your overall outcome would have been different if you had a different rickshaw driver before the bundles detour i'll be honest with you i'm sorry no go ahead and finish it up is there ever a point where you're allowed to switch rickshaws if you wanted to yeah, fantastic point. I mean, the the rickshaw we, was absolutely the nail in our coffin. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as we got in that rickshaw, the, we drove t- 20, 30 feet, and then Jeremy and I we immediately started brainstorming, dude, like, can we just get out of this? Can we get out? Can we switch rickshaws? Can we even just get out and run? We can run faster than this thing right now. Oh. Um, oh. Jeremy pulled the clue out, and he checked, and it says you have to hang on to the rickshaw that you've chosen, and you oh. cannot get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were we were kind of yeah, we were kind of destined to fail inside this this rickshaw and we were doomed inside of it because of uh we already chose it, we have to stick with it. Uh yeah. so I, I would say for certain that if we had a different rickshaw, one that was faster and one that was um less of a, a navigational uh hell, we would have <laughs> absolutely had a much better chance at not getting eliminated in, in yeah. that uh that leg for sure. 
Oh, yeah. And I think uh, going on that point, I, that, a, a different rickshaw driver 100% would have saved us. But I will say that even if we did do the bricks challenge, right after the bricks, you had to go to the textile mill and, and pick up one of those uh, one of those carpets. And then you had to bring it, essentially, you had to deliver it to the place where we were going to do the roadblock. Mm-hmm. And even then, once we got our textile, our rickshaw driver could did not even know where that roadblock location was like we had like from the textile mill to the roadblock location we were still like it took us probably another hour just to figure it out and me and liam like our rickshaw didn't even drive us to the point where we were supposed to get off we had we we probably got off like a quarter a quarter to half a mile away Ooh. and then yeah. we had to run on foot to find it ourselves and we finally found it but i mean with absolutely no help from our rickshaw i mean 100 percent. i mean imagine running through the streets of jaipur india you know trying to find this clue box through all the chaos and your driver drops you off here and you're like oh it's here but it's not here it's actually like half a mile down the road and you're just running around frantically trying to find it it was a very frustrating situation for yarmi and i yeah, I mean, you guys really did get like the worst luck with rickshaw drivers, and I say luck because it really yeah. you had nothing to do with it. it. You just yeah, and you're stuck. Obviously, you're stuck in it, which yeah. we didn't know, and that was why we wanted to ask that because mm-hmm. oh, we always think sure. like, can you switch drivers? But uh, the mm-hmm. clue said you cannot. So yeah, that's horrible luck. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we at the end of the day, we did pick that rickshaw driver. And I think that there was maybe another one if we really wanted to. We could have you know ran around that entire rickshaw base to find a, a, a separate one. But I mean, how are we going to know that our driver was going to drive yeah. us all the way? Exactly. You know, exactly. The exactly. So now that we're about six weeks or so into the televised race, um, how has life changed for you guys? Do you guys get recognized more when you're out and about, or are, has anything changed for you? Yeah, I would say that um, we, I, I won't say that we get like, you know, we don't get recognized like we're Matthew McConaughey or nothing like that. But <laughs> uh, when you're walking around, you know, there, there's there's been a couple situations where people have come up to me and, you know, asked me if I'm on the race and I've been like, yeah, I will. And they'll tell me about what they're really enjoying and we'll have a nice little, you know, genuine conversation about it. Um, but I think one of the, the best things is that we are getting a lot of messages on social media that are kind of people uh, reaching out to us and, and thanking us for not only sharing our story, but for being vulnerable enough to talk about how hard it was for me and Liam in the beginning and how much work we truly had to do to get through it. I think there are a lot of people um, that can relate to what we went through and and how we overcame it and we're just getting a lot of supportive messages um that are kind of just thanking us for for being willing and open to share our experience and i think that's one of the best parts yeah that is 100 percent hands down my favorite part about the entire race i mean the messages that we've been getting are just heartwarming the fact that we are able to help mend some of these these relationship struggles that many people have been having with their siblings around the world i mean it's just it means more to us than any amount of money on the planet ever could i mean and then as far as getting recognized it's funny you bring that up because just yesterday because i'm in canada right now on a, on a family vacation i got recognized at one of my cousin's basketball games and it absolutely threw me off guard i it's the first and only time that i've been recognized (laughs) it was it was really funny for me and i had a lovely conversation with um 
these two parents on one of, of one of the uh, the other team's uh, you know players. I mean, it was and it was fantastic. Honestly, it made me very happy to see all the support. We see a lot of the support on social media, but to see it in person is just. I mean, it, it's it's very warming for us. Um, what are your final thoughts on the race this season or your overall experience? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that in two parts. Like my my final thoughts and then my overall experience. Just for my final thoughts, watching the season back is really cool because I didn't uh, I was expecting myself to be a little more uh, almost shell shocked watching it. I mean, having to relive a lot of the situations that we went through. Um, almost felt like uh, a positive traumatic experience. You know what I mean? It was it was a really uh, a really high pressure environment. But they never. I think the show's doing a really good job at not like focusing too much on one team and and uh, what they're doing. And it takes the stress off as a competitor watching that back. Like there's a huge there, you know there's a ton of overthinking that you do. You're like man like. Did I perform the best that I could have? Did I talk the best that I could have? Was I as open as I wanted to be? Like you, you overthink and, and you know, your confidence comes into play sometimes. You're like, you know, did I show the best part of who I am? Like, did I truly show the world who, who I am as a person? And being able to finally watch, you know, what me and Liam did up there, um, that really solidified it for us. You know what I mean? And and being able to get that that validation from other people, like, um, being able to send these messages in that they really care about our stories and they, you know, they, they don't, uh, they're really appreciative that we're willing to, to be so open with them has been a really great part of it. And then my overall experience was just, uh, what an experience. I mean, this has been one of the scariest, um, <laughs> most stressful, but most incredible adventures that I've ever taken on in my entire life and from beginning to end there were a lot of moments where the pressure built so high that I was like oh man I could just stop doing this right now like it it, it can get a lot really quick but being able to have such an amazing uh, support system like Liam on this race and how he was able to hold uh, the weight maybe when I couldn't and um, vice versa has made this experience everything that it's been. I mean, just from the background that me and Liam have had and, and the life that we've come from growing up and, you know, not being able to spend so much time together to now come to go on this journey together and everything we did. I mean, this is something that has forever changed me and Liam's life, but has forever solidified our relationship. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, to be able to go onto this, uh, you know, the competitive reality TV show and show the world our purest and most genuine sides of ourselves, and for them to be able to capture it and encapsulate it in such a, a beautiful way that you, as a viewer, are, are kind of you know taken by this, and you feel like you're a part of it, and you can really feel the emotions. I mean, honestly, the entire end product was something I would have never. Uh, expected it to actually be you see all these other teams in all these previous seasons and you you see their story and you're you have to wonder if your story is going to be anything similar to that and it was just refreshing for whenever the show came out to see Yeremia and I's relationship and how beautiful it looked and how genuine we actually appeared to be 
because we really are genuine people. Everything you see up there really is us. We are always excited to just be in the race regardless of what what position we land in. I mean, it could be eighth place, second place, ninth place, 11th place. As long as it's not last, we're happy to be there. We're just an absolutely fabulous experience, and I couldn't have asked for a better partner to share it with. Great. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. We're going to say goodbye. I really uh, wish that you could have gone farther. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Evie was really rude. For, yeah, we were really rooting for you guys. But thank you so much and have uh, the best of luck to you from here. And hopefully you can parlay this into something uh, fabulous and wonderful for you guys. Thank Absolutely, you so much, guys. guys. Thank you all so this much is, for having us. We appreciate it. Such a blast. Thanks. Such a blast. Thank you, guys. Bye, Emma. Bye, Evie. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.